What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, it is a great day to talk some college football. Welcome in. It's What's the Spread? The boys are here to break down the 10 best non-conference games of the upcoming season. Miles on Sports here. Mr. Brad Thomas, it is crazy to think how close we are to the season. It really snuck up on us this year. How are we feeling? Dude, man, it's wild. Like, it's so wild to think that – I think I said this last time. I was thinking about which games I'm going to go to this year. But now I'm, like, actually planning out my college football attendance schedule. And then we were breaking down these lists. I was like, man, I'm really not going to any of these games. I might be going to one, maybe two. I feel like I'm cheating myself of an awesome experience. Yeah, I know that you and I will both have this one on our list. The only one I'm going to for sure, I've got my ticket booked for Ohio State, Notre Dame. Of course, I wasn't going to miss amazing. that game. I uh, can't wait to talk about it. Uh, you know, a uh, disclaimer that I want to put here. Uh, first of all, a lot going on uh, with expansion talks. We can kind of talk about that as the episode goes along. I'd like to do uh, maybe a bonus episode with you about that. Uh, but really, going into this season, one thing I noticed, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, I think this might be the – Best and most exciting slate of coaching matchups that we have ever seen in college football. And what I mean by that is we already know that it was the biggest coaching carousel that we've ever seen in college football. Some of the biggest names going from blue blood to blue blood program. And now with this conference realignment, we've got a lot of these matchups that will be power five matchups in the future, but maybe not today. We have classic matchups. We have new coaches. We have first and second year. We have... Uh, Kyle Whittingham at Utah has been there for 18 years. It is some of the best coaching matchups I have ever seen. And that makes me the most excited for this college football season. Just storylines. What you want in college football and what makes it so great are the stories. Because if we can both agree on this, the NFL is about the stars, man. It's about fantasy football. It's about the stars. College football is about the stories. And that's why we love it. Uh, That's the first thing that I noticed when I put together this list. No, dude, I totally agree. And you say it's about the stories. When I was telling you I have one or two points for some games, most of those games are the storylines. Let's think about one, like Venables versus Frost. Like that's a storyline. That's something or a new program or a new regime against an old battle-tested regime. There's so much of that this season. And it's kind of like we almost missed it. Like it doesn't happen as often as it did this offseason where we just have new coach, but they're good coaches, quality coaches that either right. grew up in a, uh, a championship program and they took an, took over a team that like in, in Oregon uh, or, or took over like a USC who has championship caliber, championship pedigree, but just kind of needed that new leadership, those new set of eyes, that new whatever you want to call it. It's awesome to see this season. I, I'm really excited to see what happens with all of these games that I have slated that are in November because – They're on my list as top games, and they could easily be like teams with three losses at that point. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, you know, obviously with non-conference, there's a lot of first and second and third week games, but then you got a couple in, you know, October, you got a couple in November that could be exciting, but I I guess it really just depends. Uh, Let's get into it. Without further ado, I'm going to start with number 10, uh, and I went back and forth on what my number 10 game was going to be. I really had to pick between three games at that point. I'm going with the All-State Louisiana kickoff, LSU and Florida State. This one is going to be at the Superdome in New Orleans, so it's pretty much going to be a home game for LSU. And the early line on that is LSU minus three or thereabouts. Uh, 
here's the thing. We talked about stories. LSU is coming off its first losing season since 1999. Brian Kelly's first game with the program. Florida State, four consecutive losing seasons. It's time for Mike Norvell to put up or shut up. These are two programs that both might win five or six games this year. We don't know. But just for me, and, and not to mention this is a Sunday, this is the Sunday night game on Labor Day weekend this year, which is always a good matchup. So I think there's a lot of exciting stuff going on here with uh, with the coaching. I have to say that is not on my list. Um, I saw that matchup and I was like, you know, I'm not excited for that. It will be one that we'll watch. But um, I'll start with my number 10. My number 10, Oklahoma, five-point favorite against Nebraska. This is a what could be two coaches that ha- are out to prove something. And listen, they're out to prove something in different ways. Scott Frost, you know, I don't know if he'll ever get fired from Nebraska, but he really, really, really needs to do something here because he's had enough time to have his guys that he's recruited in there. Then you have Brent Venables taking over an Oklahoma team who's got absolutely gutted, but no one ever in their right mind counts Oklahoma out. I'm excited for this game because both should still be undefeated to come to this game. And I mean, this could change the trajectory of a Nebraska program. I don't care what, I don't care if Oklahoma finishes the season with what four losses. I don't care if you win this game was the third week of the season, you're Nebraska and you go undefeated after, after three games, that says a lot about what the possibilities could happen. We could see it could be fool's gold at the end. Let's say Nebraska has an amazing season and then they go to a near six bowl and they get absolutely demolished because Oklahoma wasn't that good, even though they won. But there's still so much narrative around it that I like. This game is very high on my list. Uh, I'll just say that to begin with, we got two great brands here. As you said, we got Brett Venables uh, really in his first big game early yes. on uh, against Scott Frost, too. It's time, uh, you know, but 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 as you said, I, I, I don't know if Scott Frost is in any trouble. He showed a lot of improvement last year, but he's got to get to a bowl game this year. He's got to put some big wins under his belt. But, for, I, you know, for programs like Oklahoma and Nebraska, I just remember, you know, growing up, they were in the Big 12, so they played each other every year, and, and yep. it was always an exciting game. So I always like seeing those conference rivalries <laughs> get reignited. It was gr- a great game last year, uh, and I expect much of the same this year. All right, I'll uh, go ahead with my number nine. This is where I have Penn State and Auburn. Auburn, one-point favorites. It's a rematch from the whiteout game a year ago. This is on September 17th, slated for a 3.30 kickoff. It's the only Big Ten SEC regular season matchup, so I had to include it in my top ten. Again, I don't know what the expectations are going to be for Auburn this year. They're definitely down. High expectations for Penn State every year. Uh, Auburn should be 2-0 coming into this game. Penn State does have a tough opening Purdue. game uh, at Purdue. Man. So, uh, and they're slight three-point favorites in that game. So, uh, hoping that they come into this undefeated, but just another, uh, just a good rematch from from a great game last year. Yeah, no, they're my number, that's my number two, ten, nine game as well. And for me, I just remember watching the wideout game and I was just so absolutely smashed drunk. And I was like, this was such a great game. Now they get to do it. Now they get to do it against Auburn. In Auburn, like, I'm really excited for this game, regardless if Purdue has one loss or they're both undefeated, regardless if 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 Harson doesn't know what he's doing down there. It should be a fun game to watch. All right. Uh, go ahead and give me your number eight. Number eight, Notre Dame at USC. This was the, one of those games that I was talking about. By the way, USC is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This game is played on my birthday. This is a game. This is one of the games I was talking about where, man, there's so many what-ifs. 
about this game. We could have two teams that are just absolutely blazing. Or we could have two teams that are trying to wait till next season that could both have a couple of losses, but it does not absolutely does not take away from how amazing this game is going to be. Robbie Weekend's one of my favorite weekends. It should be a great fun game for both teams. Uh, this is my number eight as well. Notre Dame <laughs> nice. and USC. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to tell you something that you don't already know. Lincoln Riley has reignited college football with this move from Oklahoma yes. to USC. I think that it is the first domino that fell in the expansion. Not to say that, uh, you know, that the U that the USC and UCLA to Big Ten wouldn't have happened. I don't yeah. think it would have. I think Lincoln Riley brought back the USC uh, brand just by making that move to that school. And I think it reignited the entire sport because we know, you and I both know, college football is better when teams like USC, Texas, Miami, even Michigan, it it's a better sport when yes. those brands are better. USC has reignited college football. Now they're moving over to the Big Ten. Notre Dame might be going to the Big Ten. We don't know what's going to happen. But this USC-Notre Dame matchup, we grew up with some of the best, uh, you know, uh, Notre Dame-USC games that we've ever seen, the the Bush push. I mean, it, it was a big game every year. I think this has the potential to reignite as one of the best rivalries on Rivalry Weekend, as it should. Should, 100%. And, yeah, and, and as you said, very curious to see where these teams are at. I think both teams will be at eight wins, possibly. I don't, I don't expect big things from either program, but – uh, going to be a great game. And it absolutely is going to reignite the rivalry. Think about this. Notre Dame also coming in with new coach, Marcus Freeman. Yes. So we got two first-year head coaches at two very storied programs. It's going to be a very exciting game. All right. Going to number seven. This is where I have the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Oregon in Georgia. Georgia is coming in as, uh, right now, 17-point favorites. This one is in Atlanta. Here's the thing. I I've got it number seven because it loses points for me for being a uh, neutral field matchup. It also loses points for me that Georgia is playing in Atlanta. Boring. Yes. Like, you might as well just play the game in Athens at that point. Um, so, but still, it, it, it's a very exciting matchup. I mean, come on. We got Dan Lanning in his first game at Oregon going up against Georgia, who he just coached one of the best defense we've ever seen in college football. And now he's the head man at Oregon. We got Bo Nix, who should be the starting quarterback at Oregon. Stetson Bennett has a lot to prove as the Georgia QB. There's a lot to unpack in this one. Dude, no, that I have that game very high on my list. And, you know, it's interesting because there's a real possibility that Kirby Smart becomes the next Nick Saban. And what I mean by that is a guy who's consistently recruiting well, consistently having great defenses, and is always in the championship mix. You know what happens? All of the apples that fall from your tree, they get taken away by great programs, and he's just going to have to consistently play against very well-groomed coaches, i.e. Dan Lanning. So I'm very high on this game. I did pull something up about this game because I wanted to see what what was the expectation that Georgia would win this game. It's something crazy, like 85% of national champions win their first game, um, and then 82% of national champions go on to have winning seasons. So I think Oregon's uh, they're in a bit of a, um, a bind here because it's a practical home game but not a home game for uh, Georgia. 17 points tells you enough. I'm excited for this game. Um, it will be one that, you know, we'll watch the start of. And probably by halftime, I think, we're going to be like, holy shit, it's like 35-0. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll see how much work Dan Lanning has been able to do in just yeah. five or six months uh, on that <laughs> Oregon team. Uh, but we've seen crazier things. Oregon went into the shoe last year and beat Ohio State. So yep. you never know. All right, what's next? 
My number seven is Cincinnati at Arkansas. Arkansas seven-point favorite. This is a the reason this is this high on my list is because this is an opportunity for Luke Fickle to say, I don't care who left my team. Cincinnati is a legitimate program. They take on an Arkansas team who won nine games last year. This could be a statement win for a Cincinnati team who everyone has already written off after they've lost all of that talent, after they lost the, the playoff game, got absolutely embarrassed. I think this is a huge statement and a huge opportunity. If I mean, even if Cincinnati loses this game by one, people are going to start being like, okay, this Cincinnati program is legit. Yeah, uh, Arkansas-Cincinnati, I don't have on my list, but I didn't overlook it. It is going to be a great matchup. It kind of gets buried uh, among a very good slate on the opening weekend, but there's a yeah. lot of stories there. Cincinnati, where are they at after making the college football playoff last year and losing pretty much their entire roster to the NFL draft for graduation? Uh, and where is Arkansas at, man? Because K.J. Jefferson is one of my players to look out for. I can't wait to see what he's done this year. Uh, Sam Pittman has a lot of hype in that program, but – you know, can can they repeat the success of last year? We know how difficult that is to do in the SEC. Uh, can't wait to see that. Also, Arkansas has got a game against BYU. So yeah. very, very tough slate for them early on. All right, uh, let's go to my number six. This one stood out to me. We got Miami and Texas A&M. Same. <laughs> okay, there we go. So let's talk about it. Texas A&M, uh, early seven and a half point favorite. I've got this as a night game, so that's going to be tough for Miami. But again, the coaching matchup. We talked about A&M in our preseason top 25 and all of the story and hype there. How about Mario Cristobal to Miami? What a test for him. Uh, tough road game. Very interesting quarterback dynamic in this game. I believe that Miami has the better quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke, whether A&M starts Haynes King or Max Johnson. So that right there already gives Miami an, an advantage. If Mario Cristobal is able to go into this game and somehow steal it, I mean, I, the, it, it, I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, <laughs> you can just think about the ramifications. All the pressure is on A&M here. Brian. Yes. Uh, all, all of it. Uh, so Miami is, is coming in here with nothing to lose. I, for me, I love this game because I wrote the headline as all expectation game. There's so much expectations out of both of these teams, but the real expectation only weighs on the shoulders of like a couple players in Miami. It's on the shoulders of everyone, every single person in, in, in Texas A&M. And when we're listening to the headlines, we're, 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 we're reading the newspapers, we're seeing like maybe talk about Miami and, and what we expect out of them once or twice a month. Texas A&M is literally every day. If Tyler Van Dyke is the real deal, like everyone says, and I think he's the real deal, I think it'll be very interesting to see. Miami has had some games last season that they probably should have won. They probably should have won more games, but Manny Diaz was not a good game management coach. I think Cristobal has the experience and he has the knowledge to, if they're into if they're into this in this close game late, don't be surprised if Miami walks away the victor. All right, let's get into the top five. Uh, yes. Go ahead and give me your number five. Number five, Utah, two-point favorite against Florida. Last time they played was 1977. What a game yeah. to set up both teams' seasons. Everyone in the Pac-12 wants a piece of the SEC. And Florida, they desperately need a confidence builder, a holy crap, we can do it game. Why not knock off the defending Pac-12 champions? We have battled the quarterbacks. AR-15 versus Cam Rising. There's just so much good about this game. I can literally – Napier's first game, Whittingham going to a hostile environment. It's going to be loud. Like, like I think I'm like, 
like drooling. Like I think there's drool coming out of my mouth when I think about this. I game. am sinking my teeth into this game. This is also yes. my number five. Utah and Florida doesn't get any better than this. And I and I love even more that Utah is coming in as a favorite. Yes. A favorite Just, in the swamp. Yes. So country. much hype. It's gonna be a night game. It's gonna be hot and humid. How does Utah handle the weather? Uh yeah. the coaching match at Billy Napier's first game. Uh we know how temperamental Florida fans are. And this is just such a big one to open the season. You, you've you got possibly the Pac-12 favorites yeah. uh, coming in week one. And I think we can really start to get uh, really start to get a read on where the SEC and where the Pac-12 is at. If Florida blows them out by 21, it's going to tell us a lot. Uh, yeah. But if Utah goes into the swamp and beats Florida, uh, it, it's that's going to say a lot as well. One thing I will say, and I always give my respect to Kyle Whittingham, this man is coming in his 18th season at Utah. Think about this yes. for a second. Kyle Whittingham took over for Urban Meyer in 2004 when Urban Meyer went to Florida. Billy Napier is Florida's, I believe, fifth head coach. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Blow me up on Twitter. I think it's their fifth head coach. And Kyle Whittingham has been holding steady at Utah. Just what a clash. What a matchup. I feel like everything's coming full circle on this one. You know, <laughs> When we talk about these games, and that most of them are the first or second week of the season, first or third week of the season, it just makes me even more excited to start college football because, you know, there was a time when we were watching the the elite programs knock off cupcakes. We literally have legitimate teams who have legitimate arguments to make it to the playoffs. Who's your What's your number four game? All right, number four. Uh, this is where I've got Clemson in at Notre Dame. Uh, and, Same. you know uh, – <laughs> Okay, I don't know how we keep doing this. I, I, we did not we did not compare any notes. That's crazy. This game, but I, I do not know how we do this. Uh, it's why we've been doing it so long. We're so, yeah. so lucky. Um, okay, number four, Clemson or Dame. Clemson is going to be, uh, so far, a slight favorite. Uh, you know, just just great that it's in South Bend. Uh, you know, two, two programs that we talked a lot about in our preseason top 25. I expect big things from Clemson this year. I've got high expectations for them. This is going to be a November game. It's going to be a night game. It is tech, you know, it it is non-conference, but I think the stakes yeah. are going to be high, and it's always a good game uh when when these two go against each other. So it's gonna be interesting for me because this could be one like we're both high on Clemson. I think Clemson will be undefeated this game. You know, they play that game at Wake, but I think they handle Wake pretty well. Notre Dame has his home game. They could play spoiler to Clemson's season. Like, what a story. Like, even if like Notre Dame's schedule is so tough this year, where them losing oh, yeah. three games is not a bad bad right bad for them at all but like you could literally derail Clemson's season here um so it, it, I mean and let's say I'm sorry man but let's say Notre Dame beats Ohio State then we could have two undefeated teams coming into this game yeah and for the future is Clemson staying in the ACC are they going to the SEC oh is, God, is, yeah. is 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 Notre Dame going to the Big Ten and the ACC I mean this yeah. Who knows what this matchup is going to look like in the future? I'm just happy we have it now. All right, let's get into the top three. I'll go ahead and start because that's where I have Oklahoma and Nebraska. And yeah, it's it's very high on my list. Um, I'm just hyped for that game. I'm 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 hyped. You know, I again, I, I said this in our preseason top 25. I think everyone's forgetting about Brett Venables in Oklahoma, and I think they're riding them off so quickly. Uh, don't don't forget about Oklahoma. I, you know, I, I don't know what kind of season they're going to have this year, but they're still loaded with talent. I think Venables is a great coach. I'm very curious to see how they get back on track, but there's nothing better than, uh, you know, Scott Frost. And it's it just a, a lot of expectations there. Uh, it is a noon kick. It's the third weekend in September where, where there's not a lot of other great games that weekend. So yeah. I'm just really excited for that one. 
All right, what is your uh, number three? This is where I have Alabama, 14.5 point favorite at Texas. It's probably number three for me instead of number one because it's a noon game. Listen, and also this game means more to me and to Texas fans than it does to the rest of the world. The rest of the world, Alabama, 30 point, 30 point victory. Steve Sarkeesian is not ready. Texas is not ready. But for me, it's a good game to watch, see what Steve Sarkeesian has up his sleeve, how he can handle the new program. There's just so many ex-Alabama players that are on Texas. And all the Alabama media has been talking about is this game and the players just jarring back and forth. It's going to be exciting to see. Like 14-point game, this is probably my my most anticipated 14-point game. Outside of, you know, obviously Georgia and Oregon, that's just because Georgia's defending champions want to see how they rebound. Yeah, I'll go right into my number two. That's where I've got Alabama and Texas. You can't deny the brand power uh, in this one. Bama's going to win by 21, but as you said, it's probably the most fun 21-point Alabama victory we've ever watched. I really hope Quinn Ewers wins the starting job for Texas because I just can't wait to watch that kid, uh, especially in a game like this. And uh, if he does win the starting job, this would be his second start. And, you know, it's going to say – was he worth the hype? He's got to have a good game. You can't just go in and, and lay an egg. I don't care that it's against Alabama. You're at home. Yeah. Um, we're talking about an 11 o'clock a.m. local time kickoff. <laughs> I don't know who has the advantage there. Uh, it's Bama. Bama's got the advantage uh, on on every level. Uh, so just really, really excited for that one. All right, what is your uh, number two? My number two, this is where I have Georgia versus Oregon. Pretty much I said everything I wanted to say, but I'm so excited. I think – Part of the reason um, I have this, I think all three of my games, Marcus Freeman's an Ohio State game guy, right? So all three of my games are, are are former coaches, players, or whatever versus you know their old programs. It's kind of exciting to see like how much this is in the forefront with these really big programs. I think it's going to be a bloodbath, and I think I'm going to turn it off by halftime, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, that's part of the reason uh, why I didn't have it higher on my list, uh, because I think it possibly could just be an absolute blowout. Also, it's a neutral, you know, site game. I think we, you know, again, I think we need to stop these neutral site non-conference games, just have them on campus. Uh, But still, a lot to look into on that one. All right, we have the same number one, it seems. Yeah, I'm excited about it. We got Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State sitting at about a 14 and a half point favorite. This is going to be a night game. Keep that in, in mind when you're, shoe. When you're looking to place your bets. Yes. Last year, Oregon got us. I was there, and I'm telling you right now, it was a noon game. It was hot as hell. There was no energy in the stadium. It was a perfect recipe for Oregon to come in and upset yeah. us. It, yeah, this is going to be a completely different story, folks. Ohio State is going to come in guns ablazing in this game. Uh, this is also going to be a 21 point uh, win for Ohio State. I have no doubt in my mind. So there's a lot of storylines there. Marcus Freeman, Ohio State alum, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I grew up watching him, and he's been talking a lot of trash about uh, the way that Ohio State runs their program, just unnecessarily firing up these Ohio State players. Ryan Day will have no mercy in this one, and I think it is going to be a great way to open up the college football season. I think there is going to be a lot of energy in that stadium. There's a lot of expectations for Ohio State this year. There is every single year, but I'm telling you, folks, it's different. It feels different this year. For us, it truly does feel like national championship or bust this year. And it hasn't felt like that in a long time. Because you have to think about this from an Ohio State perspective. 2019, as good as that team was, um, it was Ryan Day's first year. So it was not fair for us to to put those expectations on him. It ended up being one of the greatest Ohio State teams we've ever seen on the field. Uh, And then 2020 was 2020. And 21, we didn't know what to expect. We expect big things this year. Um, Ohio State has got to win the Big Ten. They've, they've got to start by winning this game big. 
You got to beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, get to the playoff. It's time. I um, you know, I wrote on here night game in the shoe. Next bullet point. Big bounce back from last year's non-conference loss. You better believe every single player at Ohio State is going to be up for this game. And now, instead of C.J. Stroud, who is trying to make a name for himself, now he's the C.J. Stroud who can fly, signing huge NIL deals, big man on campus, Heisman candidate, front runner, future first or second overall pick. This is a different Ohio State-led team than it was last year, than it was in the past. And as much as hype as Notre Dame has every stinking year, I'm not buying it. Miles, I'm not buying it because Ohio State's that much better. And and you guys are going to have a tougher, stronger defense than you did last year. You're not going to let some quarterback go and rip off 50 yards running unless he's running for his life. Yeah, uh, there's and there's going to be a lot that we learn here. We talked about Jim Knowles at Ohio State, and he's he's the most important man in college football going into this year. How improved yeah. is the defense after one offseason? It's not too much of a test with the Notre Dame offense, but Notre Dame will have one of the best offensive lines in the country. Yes. So it'll give us an idea of uh, it's going to give us an idea of what philosophy uh, Ohio State is going to come in with this uh, this season, and the defense will tell us a lot. And then Ken Stroud and the passing game meet those expectations. There's yeah, uh, this is a big one. It's going to it's gonna set the stage for a lot of storylines. If Ohio State somehow comes in and stumbles and loses its game, it changes the landscape of the entire season. Totally agree. I'm 100% on board and in agreement. This was a great list. You know, when I was building this list, I was struggling with, like, where I was ranking some of them. But to see that we have so many, we're, we're like, like-minded positions, it makes me feel like we're going to have a lot of fun watching sports together this year. Yeah, and I can't wait to cover these games in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. Be sure to download Stitcher, iTunes, or however else you get your podcast. We're almost there, y'all. Take care.